And good morning, Hoosier Nation, and welcome to another victorious edition of Hoosier Morning After. This is Hoosier Morning After Michigan. Last night, your Indiana Hoosiers go on to win despite themselves, 62-61, to improving their record on the season to 18-7, and 9-5 in the Big Ten in sole possession now of second place in the Big Ten, just behind Rutgers and Northwestern. Um, in a very weird standings we've had uh, this year with the Big Ten and everything. But, hey, we hold on, we fought, we won this game. Michigan kind of got out to a good start offensively, and IU just wasn't taking care of the ball. Had a lot of self-defeating possessions on offense, turning the ball over unforced. Uh, but then they turn it on. The last four or five minutes of the first uh, of, of the first half, IU was able to bring it in to four. Um, despite could have been up, could have been tied, uh, tomorrow missing those layups, sadly, but, uh, second half trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino told Hoosier nation to get on their backs. And, uh, offensively they took Indiana to this win, just kind of some back and forth scoring runs in that second half from both teams led to that tight one down the stretch, uh, two late turnovers really had me scared as well, but, uh, Neither team scored in the last three minutes, and IU holds on to get the win. Uh, a very important win, a very big win on the road. Obviously, this Michigan team was desperate for a win. They're, they are ones that uh, we know all too familiar as Hoosier Nation, how it feels to be sitting on that bubble, to be sitting uh, wanting those extra little wins that that makes you feel better when when those predictions and everything come out in the tournament. So, we know that desperate feeling and they were desperately desperate, but Indiana takes care of business, uh, as, as we go. So thank you for being here with us. Uh, I'm your host, Chad Schwartzkopf. We got a special guest with us today. Uh, Jeff Marlowe from the doing the work podcast. And obviously Martha's here with us as well. Jeff, welcome to the show. What are your kind of opening thoughts on this game last night? Oh, thanks for having me, Chad. I really appreciate you uh, for the invite. Um, I really kind of just go back to the broadcast. I thought the, uh, the broadcast crew did a really good job. Of we've, how many times we've talked about over the years, and those people, again, I, I know sometimes people don't realize how old I am. I, you know, I'm in my 50s. This was the kind of games that Bob Knight teams used to routinely win. How many times have we kind of lay, sat around going, gosh, I wish we could play like the old Knight teams and just find ways to win games where we don't play our best. And and I thought the broadcast crew really talked about it. It was a really nice, really good culture win. It, it really showed that, you know, the team can find ways. They didn't play their best. You mentioned it. We were talking a little bit off air beforehand. It was not a pretty game offensively by either team, but it just it, it was one of those. Sometimes you just got to grind out a win on the road. And 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 a month ago, we would have said, Ain't no, there's no way. This team can do that. And they found a way again yesterday, grind out a win on the road. So I, I'm just, to me, that was my biggest takeaway was the fact that that on the road in a situation where we've struggled, you know, kind of the last several years, not just under Mike Woodson, but just the last several years period. And we found a way against, like you said, a desperate team playing for maybe their NCAA tournament lives. And, and we we ground out a win on the road and we get ourselves into second place. Whereas right now, if we can just play out this, you know, schedule, you know, 500-ish, maybe a little better, we're probably getting a, a, a double buy in the Big Ten tournament because of a win yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And and you, you make a good point there. The commentators, that's probably one of the things that's hardest for me to admit. But Robbie Hummel, a Purdue guy, uh, Purdue, Purdue guy, uh, is, is one of my favorite 
sportscasters, uh, color guys uh, on on show. So I'm very happy always to see him. He always great has great insights and just kind of no fluff with him. Um, leagues and leagues above above uh, Bardo. I'll have him over Bardo any any time. Uh, Martha, you were in attendance at the game. Uh, what was the energy? How did how did it feel for you being there? And, and obviously, thanks for getting on after a, a big win because that could be pretty tough. Yeah, it, you know, I think I think Jeff Jeff was spot on. I think when you look back at the game, it was, it was really, really ugly. It was, it was one of those games where, and, and I was talking to my, my, my buddy on the way home. I'm like, that's, that's a game that you feel really lucky to win. But if you lose it, you're really disappointed because there's every opportunity to win. And, you know, it, it was, it was ugly basketball at times, but I think, I think at times we forget we're, we're, we're playing without two starters. Where, you know, you've got race and X on the bench. And this is a game where we asked Jordan Geronimo to step in to a starting role. He played a minute against Rutgers and sat the two the two previous games to that with an injury. So it's it, it's constant adversity. And this this the adversity with this team has been so fluid and their ability to react to it quickly and find ways to win. And I think that speaks to Jeff's point a little bit of just, you know, there, there was every every reason to lose this game yesterday. I mean. We didn't play well. We had defensive lapses. We threw the ball all over the place. Had some dumb turnovers. Went spells without scoring a basket. But we found a way on a road against, like Jeff said, a desperate team. I mean, that team that team needed that win in the worst way. That Michigan team did. So, um, and, and we know how tough it is to get wins on the on the road in the Big Ten. And um, so, yeah, just just a gritty performance. I think by IU, they found a way when when a lot of things went wrong throughout the game. So. You got to be, you got to leave impressed with with the way this team's playing. Yeah, and that's I think one of the biggest points to talk about is that this team fought, and and we're going to kind of talk about different players and 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 their struggles and everything like that. But there wasn't a single player on this team last night that I can say that that didn't fight, and and that's a hard pressed thing that uh, you can just look back a year ago and and maybe this team, the very similar team. Uh, doesn't win this kind of game and this battle on the road and everything and doesn't stick with it like like they did despite the woes. Uh, it, it's easy as a basketball player when that ball is not going in the net for you uh, to let the other things fall by the wayside and 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 let your hustle fall o- away from you. And, and to see them stick to that is great. And I think one of the ones players that personifies that in this game and, and, and shows how def- decisive it is on Twitter is Miller Cop in this game. He didn't really have that big of an offensive game, and we're kind of programmed in to think that he does bad defensively for this team, but he did a fantastic job, um, especially in the second half against their second leading scorer in Howard. Um, obviously, he didn't get as many looks on offense, uh, things I think just weren't, weren't run for him, but overall, defensively, I was just really impressed with what Miller Cop brought to the game. Jeff, what are your thoughts on, on, on Miller's game? Well, I will be one that I've never quite understood some of the the the, the negativity toward Miller. I, yes, would I love to see him shoot more? I thought he made that comment earlier in, in January that that's just not his role in this team. He's going to get his shots when they kind of come. I'd love to see him run some more spin downs and things like that. But yesterday, I thought Miller really, and you mentioned it, Chad, uh, there were a couple times I was watching that I was like, we're going to match him up on Howard. And I just thought that was a tough matchup for him um, from an athleticism standpoint. Point, but Miller really did a good job, and I'm and I and I hope I'm not step on toes here on the show because I, I I love the show and stuff. But I just that last possession, 
how many times, especially before this seven, eight games, where we would have left a three-point shooter wide open on the arc, and Miller got out there, and he took that space away and made a really tough shot for Howard there at the end. It ended up being an air ball. But, again, I thought Miller's defense really – yesterday really was, was solid. He came up with a couple of really key rebounds uh, down the stretch there in that, that under five, from that under five minutes on. So, I thought Miller played – it may have not shown up in the stack. I mean, as a coach, sometimes I think, you know, we t- we'll, we'll tend to look at – things a little more eye test and and see things that don't show up in the in the stack com yeah it didn't always show up in stack com yesterday but i thought miller played a really really solid game for the hoosiers yesterday yeah yeah he was and and anything uh what do you think about martha anything you kind of noticed there being live from uh miller's game yeah i think you know despite i think i think it was a tough cover for him in in the first half on jet howard um all that said, though, Jet Howard knocked down some really tough shots in Miller's face. It wasn't, it wasn't a lack of effort or being in the wrong position. He just knocked down some tough shots in his face. And as the game went on, Miller's defense was 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 having more and more of an impact on on Jet. I thought his biggest play, and and, and I know Jeff mentioned uh, guarding Jet on the on the last play of the game. I thought that was great defense. But when he got switched off onto um, Michigan's big guy at the end of the game. And when Trey came over and stole the ball, I, I think that was because of Miller's defense. Miller Miller fronted him and fought him off long enough for Trey to realize that pass was coming and he was able to run over and, and, and get the steal. And I thought that, quite honestly, I thought that was one of the plays of the game. I mean, because, you know, neither team was really scoring a bunch down the stretch and, and we needed defensive stops and that stop right there. Because he, he had position. I mean, that, that's a mismatch for Michigan. Uh, Miller cop on on him, and and so for him to be able to to front him a little bit and try to come over and get that steal, I thought that was just that was massive, and that that speaks to Miller's Miller's defensive effort the entire game. It's something that probably would have been interesting to see had we been full strength. I don't know. We may have seen race on him, um, but I feel like that might have been a struggle as well because he might have been able to use his speed against against race. Uh, and everything might have been the best uh, best possible outcome as far as that uh, forcing him to be on uh, Miller Cop to be guarding him. Um, obviously, the next players that we we need to talk about is obviously the guys that held up the offense for IU, uh, and they had 19 of IU's 23 made shots. Um, that's Jalen Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis again playing another 40 minute game. Uh, at one point in the game, you could you did see that he did look a little gassed. Um, it obviously was was getting to him, and and I got nervous at one point because it, I think it was just exhaustion the way he held himself. But he did that kind of holding his back or holding his sides where it looks like his back hurt. So I, I was hoping hoping I didn't read into that look too much in that, but just continues to have a, a great game for IU and some fantastic stats from him um, and just does the great things for us. And, and again, it's, it's, it's legendary. What we're seeing is legendary and, it, and we're going to be talking about this man forever. Um, what did you think of his game last night, Martha? I mean, it didn't, guy didn't leave the court, played 40 minutes. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, and he was, I mean, sitting, sitting there watching him just drained, just, just exhausted. And I think you saw that on that last one and one where you know, he didn't even have legs to get the free throw up and missed it incredibly short. I mean, but the guy just, he, he just battles and works and, and, you know, Michigan's got some bigs that, that, that are tough, obviously Dickinson and um, um, I, I forget the other, the other big, was it, Ter- was it 
I can't remember the other big's name, but they've got a couple big guys that just bang. And, you know, he's battling and very easily could have had another 30. I think he ended with 28 points. Very easily could have been another 30 points. But, you know, he just he just works his his butt off. And he's always in – they're kind of getting that. You know, we saw it towards the end of last year. Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Trace are getting this – this almost this pick-and-roll system set up where he's setting that high ball screen and rolling to the basket. And uh, it's what we saw last year when, when X and – Trey started running it down the stretch when we started getting hot towards the end of the season. But he just works, man. There, there's not enough you can say about him. And to your point, a guy that, you know, he he he, we, he will – he's not already – he you know, we'll remember him as a legend. And as time passes on, I think that will just grow because he's just such a joy to watch. Yeah, and, and it was great to see how well he handled going against uh, Hunter because he has been a kryptonite for him in, in, in season pass and everything. And – um, again, uh, Hunter obviously really wanted to get this one. Uh, you've seen him talking on podcasts and everything about it, but Trace Jackson Davis did a, did a great job with him. Uh, Jeff, your kind of thoughts on Trace? I, what, I don't know if I have the words that can describe what he's doing right now. And just another, except yesterday was workmanlike. There are games that Trace has played where we've just been, wow, he just is such an incredible athlete, such an incredibly gifted player. But yesterday, like Martha said, it just – he really did grind. I mean, the whole game ended up being a grind, but he just really got in there and he didn't allow that physicality to get to him. And I think that's the biggest difference. We kind of go back to a year ago that we've mentioned a couple of times is that Trace used to really get bothered by big physical kid players that could body him and game off his off of his rhythm a little bit. And, and, and yesterday he didn't shoot it well, but he, 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 I was looking at the stat sheet, Chad, he, that's one of the things I like about the college game. They keep track of this. We didn't, at least when I was coaching high school, they had him for drawing 10 fouls. I mean, that, he drew double digit fouls in the game. I mean, that's a huge number uh, besides his 28 and 11 that he put up. So he was getting plays. I think the one play I wanted to kind of go back to, and I kind of would get be interested in, in, in Martha's in, uh, uh, take on just because she he was there um that play again another mike woodson out timeout play we came out of the i believe it was the under four timeout and we've seen just a little bit of a different variation on this but they basically ran that play where they clear out a side they bring trace to the to the side that's cleared out jalen's got the ball somewhere near around the top of the key free throw line and tracier takes a step up toward jalen or a step out toward the sideline but then it's a quick pivot back and it's a lob and i thought that again i thought that was a huge Huge play. I think that got us back to within one. But I just thought, I, again, another excellent Mike Woodson timeout. But that that lob pass was not the best lob pass. And jail, uh, uh, Trace was able to make the adjustment and stay in the air a little bit. But I, I agree with you, Chad. I, this is this is a season and a career we're going to talk about for a long, long time. Yeah, you're Mar- Martha, your thoughts on that play. Did uh, yeah, You said I mean, there was it, a decent amount of red in, in the stands. Did that get them going? It, 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 it did. And, and, yeah, I'm glad Jeff mentioned that because you kind of saw it in real time and we, we've seen it enough to be, you know, kind of know what's coming a little bit. But when you saw the pass leave Jalen's hands, you're like, there's no way. I mean, that was that's a really bad lob pass. I think you, you you gave it a little more credit than it deserved, Jeff. It was uh, it was it was a pretty rough pass, but Trace's ability to go, go get it and finish the basket. Um, it was impressive and, and it was a heck of a play call. And I think just on top of that and. You know, not something I watch on TV, but 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 man, do the IU coaches coach. I mean, it's not just Mike Woodson. The three assistants are, you know, and, and it's a lot different because you're – and this had nothing to do with Michigan, just more to do with how active 
the IU assistants are, but they're, they're constantly up coaching and they're constantly in Coach Woodson's ear. And uh, it was it was a workman's like effort from that staff as well. I was really, really impressed just kind of watching them and being able to do so in person, just how hard they coach. And, and um, you know, so it, it, it was fun to watch. But that play in particular was one that I'm like, man, that 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 does not look like it's going to end well. But, you know, his ability to go up and get it and, and finish was really, really impressive. And and Jeff, I'm going to kick it to you in a second to talk about that coaching. Maybe stay on topic with that because that's a, that's a good point. Being a coach yourself, but it's amazing uh, to just kind of finish up Trace Jackson Davis when when you think about players and big men especially um, how they can develop and and how they can improve their game. And and normally when you would say that in generalities about big men, you would think that they increased their range that they increased how how they can make baskets and they're making baskets farther and farther away from the basket. That's not been the case for Tracy Jackson Davis. He's just gotten better at what he does underneath, uh, making those moves, making those fakes like 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 we were talking about in this alley-oop pass, uh, being a guy that can come out and get the ball and beat the other bigs off the dribble. Just those weapons and those movements and, and those little moves on the block that he can, he can uh, do for this IU team has vastly improved his game and 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 that's it, it maybe that I'm I'm opening too much of a big can of worms that we can maybe get into but it's the common discussion as well for for this IU team about how efficient we are at shooting the 3 and that we need to take more threes but we have a big man that is so good at the twos and so good at making the twos and I know that should open up the threes to happen but we're such we're such a high efficient team under the basket and around the basket that it's tough to sacrifice that high efficiency that we have there for the efficiency that we have on the outside. It, it, it's kind of a, a, a weird trope. And maybe, maybe uh, coach, you can talk about both of those, those situations, but your thoughts, let's go back to the coaching and then your thoughts on that kind of theme for IU. Well, first of all, I just think that the one thing that Trace has done is they really have developed with him. And, and, and you're right, Chad. I think everybody's been waiting, has waited for the last couple of years since Mike Woodson got here, was to wait for Trace to become kind of that three three ball big or like a pick and pop three. And and it's really not happening. Now, they say the things I see come out, and I don't follow everything that comes out per se, but I just know that the things we've heard out of practice are Trace hits these, you know, those kinds of shots in practice. I think it's partially a comfort level. Kind of go back. We didn't, you know, they always said Cody was one of the better shooters in practice, but Cody didn't shoot many threes either. Um, I think the thing that really impresses me about Trace and his development, I think this is where Mike Woodson has, has played a big role uh, is when you see, and they finally got to this a little bit last year and at times this year we went away from it, but they've gotten back to it now in this stretch here where we've played really well is they're getting traced the ball away from the block more often. And, and that's a little bit more of, to me, I think that's more of an NBA concept. You get your big, the ball away, and then you can kind of see where the double's coming from. And it also, because trace has improved his handle, he can either go past somebody with the dribble or he can back it down and then make a good decision with the pass. The other thing I think they've done a nice job with him I, I think back to his freshman sophomore year he pretty much was just athleticism now his footwork is so much better he'll work he'll work he'll he'll make a jab step or he'll step through and then come back the other way to get to the shot that he wants and that's just and to me that's all about footwork which i think is an undervalued part of the game period anymore in in, in the footwork side of it the other part i wanted to kind of go back to uh, talking about is the um, uh that martha brought up they really i thought did a good job in the broadcast 
after showing that yesterday, Martha, that they showed Yah and Kenya and Brian Walsh really working with the players, especially coming out of timeouts, giving them just some extra pointers, some extra things they wanted them to work on or, or watch for. And I, and I thought that was really good, good overall staff coaching. Uh, back to the other part about the efficiency chat. I think that's one that I I'm one of those that would like to see us shoot a few more threes because I just, that's kind of my, my DNA in coaching as well, but we only shot six yesterday and, and we still won and we still found a way to win. And, and I didn't think we forced very many threes yesterday. We just, we took what was there. And the other part of that, I'll go back to this and I'm going to be again, showing my age here. And I know the game has changed, but Bob Knight teams made a living out of shooting 12 to 15 foot jump shots like Jalen Hood Shafino does in the against the drop coverage. I, I've never quite understood why people think a shot that goes in is a bad shot. If you can hit that shot at a 45, 50 percent rate in this day and age, I'm not sure that's a bad shot. But everybody has kind of bought into that narrative that, oh, it's a bad shot because it's it's not a layup or a three. So but I, 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 I love I really do like the way the offense has started to evolve here. And I would like to see Miller get more Miller, especially get more opportunities. But I can't complain right now to right now about too much about what I'm seeing on the offensive end. Yeah. And, and, and to clarify that in, in, in my mind, it's not, <clears throat> I think it's more of a situation of, I don't want to see Indiana saying we uh, being formulaic with that, with it, uh, saying we, we need to shoot 12. We need to at least have 12, three attempts a game. I, I don't like it set like that, but I think that, uh, what IU just needs to do is, is shoot the number that allows in the flow of the game. Because you play a two-man game like what it started to to open up and be in the second half of this game, and the other team is going to adjust and and play to that. And what Trace has been so good at this year over a lot of things is his assists. Again, he's high up there in the Big Ten uh, on, on assist rate, so he is great at finding those three-point shooters uh, that are open, because and, and that's within the flow of the game. I don't think that flow was there necessarily in this game. I tweeted out at one point where the, the two man game was working and, and looked for the three point shot to open up. And I don't think it did. They really stayed at home. They weren't really doubling trace much at all in this game. Um, Cause Hunter was doing a, a pretty good job and their other center was doing a pretty good job against trace. Um, but again, uh, shifting and kind of keeping it with the players. Um, the other one to talk about, obviously uh, in that two man group is Jalen Huchafino, this freshman that continues to just, impress and grow up in front of us and uh, ends up with 21 points, uh, makes all of his free throws, which you love to see as an Indiana fan, uh, four rebounds, uh, five assists, six turnovers. Those turnovers, again, are probably the the one blemish you see on, on that. You don't like really seeing that in this game, but he did a good job um, orchestrating everything for this, for this team, getting things moving and everything. And it, for me, just continues to be that player that I'm so excited for him to have some relief for X to be back. I, I just, those two together just gets me so excited. That's a, that's a rabbit hole. We could be talking about hours for, but um, Martha talk about what, what did you see out of Jalen last night? Yeah, I thought in, in, when you look back to, to me, it was kind of a, a quiet 21 points. Um, you know, he, he had a hot start to the game was, was, was getting to the basket, was knocking down some of those jumpers, but then uh, you know, gotten gotten foul trouble with those two fouls and had to sit for a little while and and came back in in the second half and and while he was getting some buckets he was he started missing some of his mid mid-range jumpers but you know his his ability to get the ball to trace and find trace and and to your point work work on that two-man game I think is is all the difference because right right now with 
you know, you look with you look at who's not playing and you look at our offensive options and with Tamar's struggles and you know, we don't have many offensive options when it comes down to it. So so their ability to create and create as well as they do, I think is massive. I think, you know, the, the way both both Trace and Jalen have, have stepped up offensively and, and worked together, I think is all the difference for this team right now and, and until we can get X back and you know, hopefully race consistently healthy. So Again, just for a freshman with his skill set to be able to go on the road in the Big Ten and have that type of impact, I, I just think it's, you know, we're hot at the right time and and excited to see if we can keep it going. Yeah. Jeff, your thoughts on Jalen? Uh, just trying to enjoy him for as long as we can. I hope he sticks around for another year, but I'm just trying to enjoy it. And I, I would say that I was one that I really thought that coming into the season, Jalen would be a little more maybe off the ball because we thought we were going to have X. I mean, obviously, but for him to make the adjustment, I think that was one of those that I think it took Jalen a few games to understood what his role really was now in terms of not only to be a scorer, but he also has to be somebody who can distribute the ball. And, and I think that he's learning. He still has some you know, times when he, I think he rushes some shots in the offense in terms of maybe comes down one-on-one or, or just will fire up a quick one. But he's really come a long way in this last six weeks in terms of, in my opinion, of his decision-making. Yeah, he had turnovers, but I can live with my point guard having a few. I don't I, Six I don't like, but I've really just been impressed with the way Jalen's developed. And you're starting to see a leadership out of him that – and I, and I one thing I, I, I don't want to ramble on, just this team collectively. I love watching this team when they get in a huddle, uh, dead ball, or coming out of a timeout before the play goes back. And you see more of them talking. It was Before, it was kind of a one-person talk. Now they're all engaged, and, and you see Jalen doing a lot of that talking as well yeah and and those two guys light it up and as we've said for this iu team they're going to get theirs and there's always going to be two guys that kind of fire up and i for iu to win it's got to be that third contributor and despite that wasn't there last night uh the other guards struggled in this one trey and tamar just really didn't have uh, the offensive game we want. That's not to say they didn't fight on both ends and and, and do what they could, but um, it's just weird. And I think the biggest conundrum amongst those two continues to be Tamar. Um, he struggles, and Greg found in the chat found some great stats there. Greg saying that uh, Tamar has 30, 135 points at home and 28 on the road, 50% shooting versus 21% shooting. That's tough. That's a tough stat to see. And uh, if you watch the assembly call post game show, they were going into depth talking about how um, what I think is a good game plan to try to counteract some of that on the road, at least, is I would compare Tamar to kind of like a a high end sports car. He's got the potential to go really fast, but the, the, the start plug, the starter starter just doesn't quite work. On, on it, and you need to get something for him. You need to let him see that basket go in, and and that was what was kind of said in in assembly call last night was that they'd like to see IU run something for him when he first gets in. Let him see that ball go into the net. Let him see get some relief and everything, because otherwise, I feel like he's out there trying to create for himself. While he can, and that is his game. If he can't, I feel like that adds a layer of frustration. But he is a player that is confident. And if that confidence can get rolling like we have seen it do, uh, it could be a good thing. I mean, going into the half, he had those two missed uh, layups that were easy ones that he should make. So it it's tough to, to, to figure out 
figure him out and, and talk about him. But um, but obviously we love them all the same and everything. Uh, Jeff, your kind of thoughts on, on Tamar and the, this conundrum that we deal with. Yeah, I wish I had an answer for his some of his road struggles, and I just kind of put into the chat as well. I mean, it may not be as pronounced, but Trey has some of the same issues on the road as well. Um, but I, I, I just think yesterday we have a different narrative, though. If Tamar hits the two layups, and 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 the one layup, I can't remember if it was the first or second one there in that that's that last minute or so of the first half. That I thought he, he got too too worried about trying to draw the foul, or he thought contact was coming. And I would just like I always wanted to tell kids just. Don't worry about the contact. If you get fouled, you're going to get fouled. Keep your focus where it needs to be and, and just finish the play, whether you get the call or not. And then I thought he rushed a couple. And that last three, four minutes when he was out there, I really thought he took a couple of bad shots. And 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 I'm not trying to be overly critical of a player, you know, a teenager, you know, but we could have got better shots than what the two he put up. And I, and I really thought Mike Woodson did a nice job to go ahead and pull him at that point. But I don't have any explanation other than just some players have a comfort for being in that gym that they shoot in day in, day out compared to being out on the road. Is, is his daughter at away games? Maybe she's just at home games. Maybe we need to make sure Leilani gets to all these road games as well. Um, let's get some sitters. Let's get some fellow help. Martha, can you get in there? Uh, can you wet nurse some? Put the mop down and do some wet nursing. Let's get Leilani on, on these home games. But uh, your, your thoughts on uh, Tamar? Whatever it takes. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, if they, <laughs> I, I'd be happy to babysit. But yeah, I think spot on assessment. I think from Jeff, everything just seems forced with 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 Tamar right now. And and you know, the, the layups, the missed layups aside, even the, the, the couple jumpers he took off balance forced and goes back to, you know, kind of letting the offense come to him. But I think, you know, Chad, you, you're talking about what the assembly call guys mentioned last night is trying to run, run a set for him to get him some confidence. You know, that's, that's the game coming to him. Right. And I think that's where, where Tamar is at his best. And, and, those layups, man, even in the crowd, I was like, I almost pulled out my phone to tweet myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sure the entire fan base has me covered because this, and it's again, and, 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 and it's not, it's not, it's tough, right? Cause you want to see him succeed. We've seen him succeed and, and we know what he's capable of, but you know, he, uh, I don't want to use the word liability because it's not, but you know, Jeff said it, it's, 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 it's a different narrative if he makes those two layups and, and, you know, those misses are, they're starting to add up a little bit. He's, he's put up a, you know, you look at the last 10 games, I, I think he's, he's went scoreless four or five of them, you know, and maybe even had a, a couple games of two and three points. And that's just, I mean, tomorrow needs to be averaging around 10 points. He's got, he's got that skill set, especially with the guys we're missing. So, you know, and we've talked a lot about it, Chad. Is is this who Tamar is? Is this you know maybe this is just you know maybe he is just this streaky. I I don't know, but I I, I like the idea of, of trying to run some things to get him going to gain some confidence. You know, you wonder what how much of it's mental, right? You you, you miss that first shot, and is it do you reel from there, right? Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need him. We're gonna need him down the stretch. We certainly are, and and you know you never know what's gonna happen with injuries. So hopefully. He can gain some confidence here down the stretch, and 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 we can get that good tomorrow back. And and again, it's not for a lack of effort. Uh, we all know, and we all see the reports that it, he is in the gym constantly, working hard and everything like that. And <clears throat> from having a daughter, we all know his his mental status is is in the right space, as we've heard in different interviews. Uh, some of the interviews that uh, Jared has done with him. 
that uh, he is in. He is a focused kid. He's a lot more focused than a lot of us were in in in, in college and everything. So I think equally, maybe that adds on top of it all and, and makes it equally frustrating for us because we know that potential there is there. We know that skill set is there and 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 why we struggle to talk about it and, and, and find answers for it is it is equally why it's it's maddening for us. But um, yeah, it's something that, that this IU team needs. And I think it also equally obviously comes down to the larger narrative of some of the struggles of this team and one of the biggest negatives and that's this just consist- consistency overall for this team. They kind of brought up stats at one point of uh, Jalen scoring and how up and down his scoring has been from game to game. And that that's kind of where this team team is with it and consistency. And the luck of our deep bench is, is where we benefit from that lack of consistency. There's other guys that can step up and maybe you have this guy's down and this guy's up and everything levels out, luckily. Uh, but if that consistency can kick in, um, wow, this team. Um, any other players? Let me kick it around to you guys. You want to talk about? Obviously, we got Jordan and Malik, and uh, a few others we can touch on. Let me just kick it, kick it around to you guys. Uh, any other things you want to say on players, Jeff? Go ahead. No, the only thing I was going to point out is Chad that we, we were talking about the first the two guys we talked about that the rest of the team only had 15 shots. So I think the players at least recognize that. Hey, these guys are playing well. Let's let's not force a ton of stuff. Let's get them the ball and run some stuff for them, uh, which we tend to do anyway. But um, I, I really just was going to mention that you're talking about the 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 inc- maybe inconsistency of the supporting cast. But I kind of look at it as a way that the beauty of this team is becoming that it doesn't matter who that third guy is next guy up or, or if Miller doesn't have tonight, Trey will have it. If Trey doesn't have it, then, you know, um, Tamar has a good game. If Tamar's not having a good game, it's Malik. So really, I think the beauty of this team has really come into the fact that it, 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 yes, I would love more consistency. Don't get me wrong, but I really like the way the mentality is somebody's going to make a play. It doesn't matter. Like you I think Martha talked about earlier, you know, Miller's defensive possession against uh, Dickinson down down the stretch and then Trey being in the right spot. Just make plays. And and I think that's the beauty of what this team has really come around to since the Penn State game. Don't worry about who gets the headlines. Don't worry about who's necessarily getting the points every night. Just make plays to help us win and everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Any any other players you want to talk about, uh, Martha, before we kind of kick it to numbers? I uh, I think Jeff hit the nail on the head. Uh you know, and and while while we may not see big big results in the box scores, guys guys are making plays, and and I, I thought there was even a spell, and it didn't end in a basket, but Jordan Geronimo fought for two two rebounds uh, to get us a chance, and it and, and it was when the game was really tight, but you know he he battled for a couple of rebounds, and it's just it's just plays like that, and boy does Malik get a tough whistle. I mean, seeing that in person, man, he he gets he gets he it's either he gets over to help a little bit. Or he gets out of position a little bit, but man, he'll play straight up, and and he gets called for a lot of. And there might be a little body contact, but you know, the, some of the fouls he gets called for are, you know, I don't know if it's because he's a freshman or if he's, you know, just his size. But man, that that was one thing I noticed watching it in person was was he gets a really really tough whistle. And um, but all that said, he. He continues to battle. Um, you know, when Michigan went double bigs for a while, he came in and and, and battled and and you know. So those those are a couple of things I noticed. I you, you know you, you're not going to see a lot of Malik and Jordan on the box score, but they certainly impacted the game um, respectfully. 
And uh, the chat kind of brings up something I didn't I didn't have in my notes that I do want to bring up before we go to numbers and everything. IU had uh, John. Thanks for bringing it up first. Uh, IU had a very short bench last night, only only paying playing seven. And coach even mentioned in the uh, post game show uh, when it was kind of asked, we didn't see CJ or uh, uh, Banks in there at all. Uh, and coach kind of what he mentioned mentioned them saying he didn't kind of feel comfortable playing them in this road situation, which is interesting uh, to me because of the hustle and everything we've seen, especially from from banks in, in recent times um, with the struggles that we saw from Tamar and Trey that they didn't get at least a, a little bit of, of run there. Kind of a, a conundrum for me. Martha, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I was a bit surprised. I thought we, you know, especially with, you know, it seemed like struggling offensively, and not that Caleb would have would have came in and made a big impact on the offensive end, but he's a guy that's been getting some minutes and, uh, you know, came off the bench and provided some energy. So I was a I was a bit surprised, um, but it was a game that that we really kind of struggled to get into a flow offensively. So maybe that was that was it. I mean, I, mean, I, I remember sitting there watching the, the start to each half, and it, it took a while before even our first sub came in to the game, and and. You know, it wasn't like a lot of points were being scored, so I think we were trying to get into the flow offensively. And anytime it's a a grinded out game like that, it does feel like the bench shortens up a little bit. So, uh, a little bit surprising on the surface, but when you sit and watch how the game was going, I'm a little less surprised by by, by watching kind of how it played out. So, you know, I, I still think Caleb will get his opportunities down the stretch, and we haven't seen him go to CJ quite as much lately. I don't know if that's because of the defensive end or or, or what that is, but I think I think. Yesterday was kind of an outlier. It was a game against an opponent that needed a win. It was ugly. It was sloppy. It was a battle. And sometimes going to turn into some youth in games like that. We, we, we've seen Coach, right? He's going to rely on his veterans as much as he can. And, and that was a game where I think it was certainly the case. Coach Jeff, any any thoughts on that from a coaching perspective? I was really surprised. I thought Martha hit it really pretty dead on, but I'll just say I I was a little surprised by Banks, but I thought I did see something on Twitter that there was at least a, a, a somebody had said on Twitter he wasn't feeling the best, and so maybe I wonder if he if he was under the weather enough that Mike did, Coach Whitson didn't feel comfortable using him uh, last night. I was one who really thought Gunn would be getting more run, but he seems to have fallen out of the rotation a little bit. Um, and I think it comes back to like Martha said, I think if, if Coach Woodson doesn't trust you on the defensive end, I think he thought yesterday was every defensive possession was going to be huge. It's going to limit your availability, let alone your minutes. Yep. Yep. Which, which that's, uh, again, uh, definitely a hard reset for Hoosier Nation to have to focus so much on the defense, even even despite being with uh, having Miller as long as we did a, a defensive uh, focused coach. Uh, going into some of the numbers, uh, just a few I want to point up, and then I'll, I'll spin it around to you guys uh, looking at it. Uh, continued to struggle from the layup standpoint, 11 uh, for 23 in the layups. I think that's a lot of the product of Indiana, just uh, like like we said earlier, we're talking about Tamar looking to draw the contact and the foul and not worrying about just putting it in. Um, also, the turnovers, obviously, we spoke about them earlier, 13 turnovers from IU seven in the first half, uh, just six in the uh, second half. But again, the issue for me with that is that those those ones in the first half especially were, were mainly unforced from IU. But at least a good stat uh, that I look at and, and, and a main reason for this win with the defense is Michigan shot 51% 
in the first half and then just 32% in the second half. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on those stats or any other stats that stood out to you? Yeah, the turnovers, I'll flip it around. We scored 13 points off of those 11 Michigan turnovers. So we got over just slightly over a point per turnover, which that's a number I like to look at because if you get turnovers, are you converting them at the other end? And we were doing a good job of that yesterday. And then, like you said, the, the especially the second half, the defensive uh, intensity, the, the connectedness got better in the second half. And we limited Michigan to 32% in the second half um, with that. And, and we shot um, – or uh, held them for one to seven. They were they were four of thirteen in the first half from three. So our, our overall defense, but especially in the arc, got better. Yeah, Martha. Any numbers that stand out to you? When, when you look at Michigan's field goal percentage, I mean, it, it felt like it felt like Jet Howard wouldn't miss in the first half, and I think our defense on him, you know, and I'll say it again. I thought Miller was was kind of in his face quite a bit. He's a tough guard. I mean, he's. He's tough for anybody to guard, let alone Miller. So I thought, but but I thought you know Miller kept at it and 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 really had a bigger impact on him. Uh, I, I was really surprised that Michigan didn't try to run the ball through Hunter Dickinson a little bit more. I mean, even on that last play to not get the ball down to him because he gets his back to the basket within you know five six feet. He's he, generally he's going to score. So you know I think he only shot the ball ten, if I remember correctly, ten times which to me is just, I mean, I think you want him shooting the ball at least 15 times a game, um, you know, especially with his field goal percentage. So I'll gladly take that. But I I, I, I was surprised by that stat too, just that they're either – and I heard Jawan say it after the game. He's like, look, we draw up plays to try to get the ball down to him. It just – they weren't always working. So that's – I guess credit to our defense a little bit. But, man, I'm I, – I'll gladly take his his limited touches down the stretch, but you know it surprised me at the same time. Yep, and uh, moving past those and kind of looking forward uh, with this IU team, uh, we have Northwestern up next. That is uh, the Wednesday game, a 9 p.m. very late game uh, at Northwestern. Obviously, that's a revenge game for the Hoosiers. Um, that that was the game that we lost at home to them by one point, eighty four to eighty three, and right in the middle of that three game losing streak that we have. We're a very different team. We should be able to handle that, obviously, uh, between these two road games that we have, this Michigan and Northwestern game. I thought we'd maybe split those. And uh, uh, so hoping that we can continue, we can see the offense kick up a little bit more. Then we have Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue, Iowa, and Michigan again uh, to finish up. Looking ahead in the schedule, uh, what do you guys see uh, for this IU team and, and how things kind of match up? Martha, I'll go to you first. Well, when when you look at you kind of look at this this block right this pocket of of you know four out of five road games and and you start looking at scenarios and obviously we know how tough it is to win on the road in the Big Ten it's just it's it's not an easy ask so when you start talking about the ability to split you know back to back road games I think that's where you start but now we're in the position where you know. I, I would love nothing more than to see Northwestern upset Purdue, Purdue today and 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 then, you know, come out and lay an egg against us. I think that's kind of a best-case scenario uh, for obvious reasons, right? I mean, that find, list is find a, find a wishing star, find exactly, a, 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 exactly. a wishing um, bone, find everything you can, Martha, and yeah, let's, let's get that. But they're, they're, they're tough, though. Northwestern is, you know, they've had some, you know, one at Wisconsin, you know, they're they're having a solid season, um, you know, considering where they were last year. So it's it's – 
and we always seem to have a tough time at Northwestern. I mean, obviously last year we were missing a bunch of guys and, you know, hopefully a different scenario this year, but we, we kind of owe them to your point. And, um, but you start looking at these, these, these pockets, right? We've got four out of five on the road. We've got Illinois between the two sets of road games and you start looking at kind of splitting some of these road games, but now we're in a position that if we beat Northwestern, we've got three games in a row where if you win two of those three, you are in phenomenal position down the stretch because you end the, you end the season with two home games. And, and, you know, Jeff mentioned the double buy in the big 10 tournament. You're not having to, you know, how, how nice is it not to be sitting on the bubble in February? Right. I mean, we're, we're feeling pretty good right now. And this is the first time since maybe 2016 where, you know, we, we aren't, you know, breaking down where we're at on the bubble and having concerns. And and so it's a nice spot to be, right? But you can't let your foot off the gas because this team has a lot of tough opponents down the stretch. And all, all they'll do is be able to continue. It's opportunity, right, to continue to put yourself in a better position come tournament time. So um, really, really exciting times. Jeff, your thoughts on these games coming up? Uh, I was one of those that just – I would have been happy to get two out of the five on this stretch, just find a way to win one on the road, get Illinois at home, just because there's such as, – as Martha says, it's a tough ask to win on the road, period, let alone to some of the venues we're going to that we haven't had a lot of success in for a while. But um, I will say this about Northwestern, and, and, and you guys can you know maybe disagree, but I'm not sure there's a team in the Big Ten that hasn't benefited from – maybe the extra COVID year than Northwestern right now. They've got some, and I know they lost some guys at the beginning of the year, but you look at Bowie and Adige and some of those guys that have been around for a while that, you know, I, you know, that may not still be here if they hadn't gotten the extra COVID year. So I think Chris Collins has done a really nice job, big game, but I think I agree with Martha. Now all of a sudden you're looking, man, get these first two on the road, get Illinois at home it really does kind of it will allow you to separate out a little bit in that in that race in the Big Ten. And as, as Martha said, find somebody else that can beat Purdue besides us and perhaps Rutgers. Um, that's I, I'm you know, I'm really excited about this game. And and another one that also intrigues me is just you, you, I watched them the other night. I, I'm trying to remember who they beat on the road the other night. But the Barnheiser kid is from Lafayette here up here near me. And I watched him a couple of times in school, just kind of the quintessential Indiana high school kid, smart, savvy, make shots. And, and so yeah, I hope a kid like that doesn't come back to haunt us on Wednesday night at Northwestern. But um, yeah, you got a chance now. You, you really have a chance to make, like Martha said, to, to move yourself into a nice position, not only for the Big Ten tournament, but for the NCAA tournament, if you can get a couple more of these games here in the stretch. Yeah. And I now want to shift in and everything. Having Jeff on with us puts us in a unique position and everything. Those that don't know what Jeff does, uh, mainly Jeff is co-host with Kathy of the Doing the Work podcast uh, for our women's team. The women's team obviously cooking like crazy, selling out Assembly Hall, doing some great things for this program and everything and just getting all of Hoosier Nation excited and everyone's heads turning and just what a great time to be an Indiana basketball fan overall, both sides of the ball uh, for this Indiana. Uh, Jeff, go into just kind of talk about your podcast, uh, where the women stand now, how how the rest of the schedule lines out, the game's coming up. Talk about it. 
Thanks, Chad, for having me on to begin with and and and, and appreciate being here and, and a chance to talk about doing the work. Yeah, my co-host Kathy Amos and I started the Doing the Work podcast about a year and a half ago. It kind of started out of a chat on an assembly call episode. We were just kind of like, hey, maybe we got to do a post-game show for the women. And we started a little late. We didn't get started during the, the beginning of the season. We started the first one we did was North Carolina State because that was that huge rematch game coming out of the, the NCAA tournament the year before. And so pretty much we started doing the 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 doing the work podcast we named it because terry moran's phrase is do the work yeah and so that's kind of her motto with the women's team and and such but we pretty much are on every night live after the uh, the post uh, game with a post game show you can find us on on here on uh, we have a youtube version of it you can google it or search for us on the uh, the YouTube and also on your favorite podcast streaming place. Uh, just search doing the work. We're on Twitter with doing the work um, as well. So places you can find us and, and, and listen in. We really appreciate everybody who's been there. Um, yeah, we obviously the women are having a great season and, and, and talking about having some veterans. Um, Grace Berger, who missed some games earlier this year because of a knee, similar to race, very similar knee injury. Um, has come back, but she's really kind of that glue person with this team. She's that player that they're going to put the ball in her hands when it's crunch time. Uh, but Mackenzie Holmes has had a fabulous season, very similar to Trace. She's putting up huge numbers, 20-plus points every night. Most nights it's around 10 or 11 rebounds. Uh, she should be in the player of the year conversation, both in the Big Ten and uh, nationally, but Caitlin Clark of Iowa tends to overshadow everybody in that conversation right now. Uh, even, even to a kid like Boston down South, South Carolina, who should really be in the conversation, but, and probably is, but just doesn't get near the notoriety. Uh, the, we will be on again Monday night. Uh, the women travel to Columbus. They play at Ohio state, um, Monday night. That will not be an easy game nor Ohio state had been at one time ranked number two in the country, but has kind of fallen on some tough times, uh, getting one of their better players back. JC Sheldon had been out with a lower leg injury for much of the season, but is back. Uh, so that's not going to be an easy game. No easy games now left on the schedule for the women. They, they play, it, it's a very, we talked about this during our preseason, that the end of the schedule for the IU women was just tough. You have Iowa twice, Purdue twice, Michigan and Ohio State, and the only unranked team in that stretch is, is Purdue. Uh, the the in-state rivalry so but they are in a position now after beating Iowa the other night in a really great game and and, and a great crowd set a record at Assembly Hall and they have announced already that basically the Purdue game is going to be a sellout next not this coming Saturday but the Saturday after uh, or Sunday after that game against Purdue is a sellout um, but they are a game and a half up. They, they, they are 13 and one in the league. Uh, Iowa sets at 12 and two. So they're a game and a half up in the league on Iowa. So right now they control their destiny. And if they can just kind of win out the next three games, they will clinch at least to have the possibility to clinch a share of the big 10 title at home against Purdue that last game of the season at home. Yep, and what it looks like with the team as well, uh, looking for a number one seed probably in in the tournament over, overall. And if you didn't realize or know how how the women's tournament goes, if you're one seed, you get those home games. That the, they the tournament comes to you. So those will be electric. They were electric last year as well when those tournament games uh, occurred and everything. Just love. Love the supporting cast. Love everyone you see on that. Uh, the, the freshman, uh, Garzon. Am I saying it right, Garzon? Uh, she's my favorite. Uh, just a hustler, a, a dog for that team. Hits the three like crazy. I think one of the best three-point shooters, uh, definitely in the Big Ten, I think, in the, in the country. Um, and just all the supporting pieces. Everyone gets along well. They fight. 
just just a lot of mirrors between these two programs of just being aggressive, being hard on defense and everything. Just such an exciting, exciting team and everything to watch and support. Um, so yeah, let's let's uh, let me kick it around. We'll, we'll we'll jump back to the guys again. Our, our give your final thoughts and everything. And we'll wrap up this show, Martha. Your kind of final thoughts on on this game. Yeah, well, I, just real quick, Jeff, and and lo- love what you do and Kathy do on on the the doing the work podcast. I, I would encourage. You know, I, I know I don't want to use the word bandwagon, but there's there's been a lot of fans you know invest into this women's basketball team, and and Jeff and Kathy do a great job. So if you get a chance to to catch their work, uh, certainly do so. And really excited about the stretch run of um, the, the women's season two and, and excited to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, just another, you know, when we look back on this game, wasn't pretty, uh, sometimes isn't. Life on the road in the Big Ten is tough. Um, but to be able to, I'll use the word ex- escape with a win, I think, you know, th- th- that's big time, right? I, I think especially – you know, Michigan's got some talent and for a team that's that's real, that was a must win game for them. And that's again, we we've talked a lot about how tough a tough of an ask it is to go on the road in the Big Ten. But you know, there were a lot there were some other variables that made this one tough. Being without race, still without X, playing against a team that, that absolutely needs a, a win and finding a way. And for me, it's just about the confidence that that that, that continues to be built amongst amongst this team, knowing that they can go into any situation. And leave with a win, I think, is is uh, it's just a good place to be. And and for the first time in a while, we're sitting here in mid February, really excited about where we're at and where we're going, and and, and not nervous. So that's a that's a really good place to be. And I think all the credit in the world um, is owed to the players and the staff that's put the team in this position. Yep. And uh, Jeff, your final thoughts. I- I, I think Martha really hit a lot of it. The only thing I'll kind of put on to and Martha, I'll kind of maybe give you one last chance as well. I'm not trying to act as host, but I really love the reaction of the players after the game. When that buzzer went off yesterday, there was a, a real camaraderie, a, a term I got from my dad who had been in the Marine Corps. There was an esprit de corps that I saw with that group yesterday on a tough road win that they all, and I think they knew, how important it was to get a win on a road. And I think they realized how desperate Michigan was going to be, but I really enjoyed watching, not, not just the players. You saw it on the coach's face a, a little bit, especially the assist. I didn't see Mike Woodson immediately when the, after that, but when you saw them bouncing around, high-fiving, hugging each other, good win, you could, I loved seeing that. And to me, that tells me a lot more about where this team is right now than stats or anything else there's they you at least if what i saw yesterday in that game was a team that enjoys being around each other and enjoys playing for each other yep and again the big 10 is tough on the road it's tough to get those wins and everything like that and despite themselves again uh iu wins this one iu gets gets the win and a win is a win and as coach says, uh, you celebrate and then you move on. Now it's the focus is on the next game and everything. And that's where we will focus as well. Uh, so very exciting what we saw out of this game. Thank you for being with us. Thanks again for with Jeff to be with us. Uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at IUJeff. And don't forget to find the Doing the Work podcast as well. You can find that on Twitter and on YouTube. Just search for that. You can find me on Twitter always at General Chadwick. Uh, Martha the Mop Lady at the Mop Lady. Thank you for being with us. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing the music you hear on this show. We will be back with you the morning after the next game, that very late game. Uh, But until then, guys, as always, go out there, have yourself a wonderful day, 
and let's go Hoosiers.